This may come as a shock to you this morning, but I was not always the magnificent physical specimen that stands before you today. I know. When, when, when I was a child, I, I was not very athletic. Um, I did learn how to water ski, but that, you know, that doesn't take a lot. I actually, myself, would rather sit on the bank with a fishing pole than chase pigskin up and down the grass. Okay, that, that was me. And uh, so when we had gym class, I think now they call it PE or whether you're even doing it anymore, but uh, we used to call it gym class. Um, we would have, you know, football and, and things like that going on, usually, you know, flags. And, but I spent, yours truly, spent a lot of time watching the game from the bench rather than being in the game. And uh, I have a lot of those memories, you know. I just wasn't the first one to be picked and, you know, stuff like that, uh, usually the last, um, one of the last. So... That was me. Spent a lot of time on the bench. But you know, the neat thing about the church, the neat thing about the work that God has given us to do in this world as his body is this. Nobody is benched. Nobody is benched. Nobody is not good enough. Nobody is uh, passed over. Everybody can get in the game. Everybody has a place in the game according to the way that God has made us. So we can all be involved in the most important. I mean, think of what the church does, right? Turn with me a couple of passages this morning. Mark 16, 15 says this, And he, Jesus, said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Then in Matthew 28, we have a similar uh, look at the same time period here. Jesus sitting down with his disciples uh, in the end, beginning of verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So here in these verses, Jesus is giving to the church... Um, not only what we call the Great Commission, right? But notice how he lets them know uh, just who it is that's giving them this directive. The one who has all authority in heaven and earth. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had a number of authority figures in my life, right? From my parents, teachers, and on and on, bosses, and on and on down the road. Um, a lot of different levels of authority, okay? So I can remember as, as a child growing up, my brother would say, stop that! And I'd say, eh. right? Like many of you, forget you, right? And then he would tell my dad, 
And then he would come back and say, Dad said, stop that. It stopped, didn't it, right? A higher level of authority, okay? So you got the teacher, and then you got the principal, right? Didn't always listen to the teacher, but then you sat in the principal's office and things changed. The supervisor, the district manager, okay? The higher the level, the greater the authority, the greater respect, right? At least that's the way it used to be. So who is Jesus? Jesus is the highest of all authority. Look what he says. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. So because of that, I'm giving you this directive. I'm giving you as the early disciples, I'm giving you as the core of the church, I'm speaking to eventually the whole of the church, this is what I want you to do. Okay? So, being of the greatest authority, his directive can't be overturned by any lesser authority, right? The church um, has certainly, throughout the years, throughout the generations, faced a lot of spiritual, physical uh, opposition, hasn't it? From, from uh, political leaders, from people who just don't want to hear it, you know? They've, they've gotten a lot of opposition. However, they've always continued, we've always continued, it's one church, right, from the beginning on through, we've always continued to press on and to carry on that directive in the face of some pretty horrendous things sometimes, right? Think of right over in, in China right now, over in places like Iran, uh, where... You can't mention the name of Jesus without some sometimes fatal pushback, right? But the church continues to press on. But not only do we have his authority behind us, but we also have his promised presence with us. Look at that last line again. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Until... Uh, I, I liken it to the, the the day that you know Noah preached for over a hundred years as he built the ark, and then there came a day, right? There came a day. The animals got on board. Noah and his family got on board, and the Bible says God shut the door, right? God shut the door of the ark. There was not another day to preach. There was not another day to share the the, the, the gospel with their, his neighbors, right? It was done, and there will be coming a day for us, and boy, it sure seems to be getting sooner and sooner, where that same thing is going to happen. We see it in the book of Revelation. You know, there is a time where, for us, the ark door is going to close, that the end of the age will come, and all those, uh, the Bible calls it the fullness of the Gentiles, will come in, and then that's it. That's all she wrote. We will be going to Judgment Day, and enter a new age in glory with our Lord and Savior. Amen? So we have time yet, thankfully, because there's a whole lot of people that I want to see up there with me. How about you? Amen? So, I want you to see, though, also in these verses that there are several 
action words in this directive, in this great commission of Jesus. Let's look at Mark again first. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole of creation. What are the action words there? Go. Right? Go into all the world and proclaim. Okay? Two actions. Go and proclaim. Now Matthew. Beginning of verse 19, he says, go, therefore. Oh, there's a double, right? I think we're supposed to go, right? We're supposed to go to our neighbors, go to our coworkers, go to our friends, go to our loved ones, and share the good news of Jesus. Go, therefore, and make, there's another word, make disciples of all nations, all peoples, right? Baptizing them, there's another action word, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So there you go. Go, make, proclaim, baptize, teach, right? A lot of actions in this uh, great commission, as we call it. So the church, we, as a group, we th th this is it. This is what we exist to do. This is what Jesus handed us and said, I want you to do this. This is, this is your main thing. This is what I want you to do. We exist to reach out to the world around us, to proclaim God's love in Jesus Christ, to make disciples, right? Go and make disciples, which is more than just teaching, isn't it? Making disciples includes demonstrating. It includes one-on-one uh, -on -one stuff. It includes getting together in, in smaller groups so we can learn from one another like we do men's group, like we do in uh, Sunday school, ladies group, you know, the, the smaller groups where you can talk about life and do life together. That's part of the whole um, discipling process. Um, baptizing, right? New converts when they give their heart to Jesus Christ and teaching the Word of God. All of these things that are a part of what we do. But what does it take to do those five things? Right? Is, is it just those five things in and of themselves? No, there's a whole lot involved in it, doesn't it? Um, it, 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 it means planning, right? Various outreaches, preparing... Um, Various aspects of that outreach. For example, the Family Fun Fest that we had last fall. A lot of preparation. A lot of work that went into reaching out to our community. A ton of planning. Putting games together. Setting up. Manning the games. Uh, printing materials. Advertising. Etc. 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 See, all these um, sub uh, jobs, if you will. You know, we have the, the big five. Go, make, proclaim, right? Teach. But we have all these other things that go in into doing what Jesus told us to do. Our worship service itself is an outreach, isn't it? We provide a place not only for you in the church to worship, but it's one to invite people to come in and hear the gospel. What does that take? It takes a building, right? It takes a building, a building that needs to be maintained. There are things that, that we need to do 
right, to take care of this building so that we have a building to offer people to come in and hear the gospel. Okay? All of that. There's, there's equipment. <laughs> there are ushers. There are musicians. There are Sunday school teachers, nursery workers, sound and computer techs, right? And on and on and on and on it goes. You see where I'm going with this, right? Making disciples takes small group leaders. Fellowship opportunities. Uh, we're Baptists. We do food around here, right? We're going to have a coffee hour later. Does food just materialize? You know, do you push a button like on Star Trek and just say, I want this, and it just, you know, comes out of the thing? No. There's food preparation. Is food preparation part of the Great Commission? I submit to you, yes, it is. Because food preparation brings people together where they can be taught, where they can be discipled, where they can be reached out to in love, like we do with our community in the fish fries, right? We, we sit down, we talk to people, etc., etc. It's all a part of it. So is cleanup. That's everybody's favorite, right? Cleanup is a part of the Great Commission. Baptism. Right? Takes filling the tank, assisting people in and out, teaching, takes teachers, takes materials, and all of these things need what? Finances. Right? You can see that it's all, you know, starts here, and it's just so many things that go into fulfilling the Great Commission. So many things that go into making this thing happen so that we can reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Great Commission doesn't just happen, does it? It's done through human effort and energy. Now granted, the spiritual results are up to God. We all know that, right? We can't, we can't make that happen. Uh, as Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. We need God to move upon hearts by His Spirit. But we put together opportunities for that to happen. God has ordained that we would go, that we would speak the words of the gospel. It's not written across the sky, right? We, we speak that to people. God uses what we do, our energy, our efforts, as a medium for that gospel to go forth, as a medium for people to be discipled and taught and everything else. But transformation comes from him. So, realize what that means. That means that you and I have so many opportunities to be involved in this thing called the Great Commission, this, this directive to the church, this thing which is not just um, a nice thing to do, right? This is the most important Activity on the face of the earth. This is eternal life and death, isn't it? People, people will either spend eternity in God's presence with Him in glory, or they will go to where Jesus said will be darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right? This is, this is eternal. I can, I can do a lot of things in this world that when I'm gone will be buried with me, right? But this is eternal. This is the big, this is the real thing that you and I have an opportunity to be involved in 
as followers of Jesus Christ. The most important activity. And not only has the Lord called us, each of us, to be a part of that, he also gifts us to be able to accomplish what he's called us to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I love this. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body, would it? Because I can't sing like those people in the choir, I guess I can't do anything. Anybody ever think that way? Nobody's on the bench. Nobody's on the bench. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. It's like, it's like Paul saying, think about it. If the whole body were an eye, would be, where would be the sense of hearing? Right? So, so it's Sunday morning, and we're all going to be the pastor. So here we are, just filling this, and everybody's talking at the same Right? Doesn't work too well. We gotta have all the pieces. Right? Family fun fest. Everybody's standing there next to the bounce house. And nothing else is being done, right? If the whole body was an eye, where would the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. Don't ever miss that. God arranges people as he chose. The Bible talks about us being fearfully and wonderfully made. He has given, you may not have, you may not be able to carry a tune in a bucket, but that's not what God created you to do. He chose you for another area, an area that he wants you to be in and thrive in and share what God has put inside of you in your life to be a blessing, to be part of that great commission. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, I love this, verse 22, the parts of the body that seemed weaker are indispensable. Think about our brother Eric for a minute. Eric doesn't have his eyes. We, we, we all know the importance of eyes, right? And yet I have watched that guy leave his house. He can walk all the way down to Bliss, right? Buy groceries, bring them home, and cook himself and sue a nice dinner. He can do that without eyes, right? Um, through, without a dog. Without a dog, Yeah. Through many years of ministry, I have seen people undergoing certain treatments who lose their sense of taste. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Lose your sense of taste. Some people, that, that happened with, with COVID, right? Nothing tastes good. And, I've, and I've, I've seen people quit eating because just nothing tastes good. You just, ah, you know, I can't eat. It just everything tastes bad, right? And without intervention, if they're not eating... What's going to, they're just going to waste away, right? Something as seemingly unimportant as taste buds compared to eyes. Oh, eyes are so important. Look what Eric can do. Take those little itty-bitty taste buds away, and people waste away to nothing because they just don't want to eat. Right? If parts that we think are weaker 
are indispensable. That's what the Word says. How many have ever said, well, I really don't have that much to offer? I really, I, I just don't have that much. I'm, I'm not like so-and-so or so-and-so or so-and-so, right? The Bible says, you are indispensable. Is that what it says? You are indispensable. But I'm, 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 I'm weaker. You are indispensable. Maybe you're visiting today, not even a part of our church. Can I tell you that you have a place? You're listening over Zoom. You have a place in the work of God here with us. There's a lot to do and a lot of support activities that allow some of the eyes and the ears and people that are out front to do what they do, but they can't do it without the support. At the very least, at the very least, and, and most important, the prayer warriors who cover all these things in prayer, right? To make sure that we're crying out to God who needs to be involved in the whole process. So, in the going, in proclaiming, in making, in baptizing and teaching, or in supporting those activities in so many other different ways, there is a place for you. And if you are a part of this church and have not yet found this place, there's a couple of uh, ways to remedy that. First of all, uh, and a lot, a lot of people have taken them, which is wonderful, I put together some materials to help us to determine who am I, what has God made me for. It's, it's, it's called shape. It's spiritual gifts. It's uh, our experiences, our personality, all these things wrapped up. Who has God made me? What is my place in the body, right? So those will be on the, the table on the way out. Grab one of those and uh, fill it out. Pray over it. Call me. If, 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 if nothing's rising to the top, say, okay, I have this information. What do I do with it? Call me. Let's sit down together. Let's talk and say, where, where is God fitting me in? And, and, and I'll, I'll tell you a little secret. Okay? Um, we, we are committed to finding, not only finding a place for people, but helping people to just try things. Just because you say, I might want to teach Sunday school one week, doesn't mean you're locked in for the next 92 years. Okay? Churches have a, a rotten tendency to do that. But no, try something. Right? Gee, I think, I, I think I'd like to try being a lay leader in the morning to share like Bart did. What, what God, God's just done some things in my life recently. He's shown me some things. I'd like to share that with the congregation. Or I'd like to try Sunday school. Or I could be an usher. Or, or I could, you know, I, I, I just got one of those bubbly personalities. I can greet people and hand out bulletins and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it, it's, it occurs to me, uh, it, well, not just to me, it's occurred to a lot of people uh, recently that we're, we're, we're going to need some parking uh, attendance on uh so put put that in. Can can you point people in? Because we're we we need to be able to get people in and out and and kind of line the cars up a little bit better, uh, so that we can have people in 
to hear the gospel. Otherwise, they're going to drive by and go, no, that's full, right? So we need to work on that a little bit. Can you do that, right? So a lot of, lot of opportunities to be a part of what Jesus gave us to do, the most important job on the face of the earth. And quite frankly, like I said, I don't know how much time we have left, the way, the way this world's going. So let's get in the game, okay? No, no, nobody on the bench while well, everybody sits on the pew. Uh, nobody, nobody needs to be a bench warmer. We can all somewhere, somehow, get in this game, which is no game at all, but get in this eternal thing called the Great Commission and uh, see what God will do with it to bring souls into eternity. Amen?